0: This Saturday on Beyond the Vibe, I'm joined by Jonathan Lindenbury, better known as the Bones of J.R. Jones. My
1: first cassette tape um, was given to me, and it was uh, Born in the USA, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. I, I was born in 82 yeah, well, uh, you know I think that record came out in 82 honestly uh, but I remember my, my dad gave me a cassette tape I think uh, when I was about six or seven or something like that and then I played the crap out of that thing to the point where um, you know the the cassette tape would from too much use would start stretching and get warbly and like you know you get your pencil in there and you'd roll it back into spot you know to, into place. Come on, my There was some debate whether it was going to be on the record, to tell you the truth. Really? Um, Yeah. Um, But long and short of it was that I I actually wrote that one. I remember sitting outside in the porch and writing it and it just felt good. You know, it was like, it was a very like a lot of the, a lot of the songs felt a little heavier to me when I was writing them. Luckily, the rare instance where it kind of was written in a day and I could tell you I could, you know, it, it had its, it dictated the mood, it dictated the world that I wanted to live in.
0: I want to be a animal, I want to be a animal at night. Listen to, to Blind Lemon Jefferson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you know, he's considered like the, the father of Texas blues. I'd never heard anything like it. And it wasn't about playing the instrument
1: well. It wasn't about having, mm. it wasn't about any of that. It was about just expression. And maybe that's why I get I got from like that those punk rock years to the blues, you know, into like the folkier side of stuff. Because at the end of the day, the message is kind of the same. It's just about letting out what's inside, and not trying to make it sound too pretty. In your heart, in your
0: heart,
1: second time's a charm as they say or <laughs> something like that yeah that's <laughs> right you know. I appreciate your time anyway man And uh, no, no 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 man fun. of course <laughs> of course I, thanks for asking yeah
0: um, no it's it's a coin cool it, it's a, it's weird I mean I first saw well was aware of you back only about a year or so ago like I'm kind of late to the party um, like I saw you from I think it was uh, what was it called Vi- vinyl sessions so I think you were. Oh was it was it was years it a
1: was it a? it was a video thing right like a Yeah like, a, like, like a, you with the you were like the Our Power Vinyl I think it's what it's yeah, called that's that it. Yeah that's it Yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 No it's just the the random kind of YouTube suggestion you turned up yeah. And yeah, yeah. there we go
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly I they they did such a great job with that I was blown uh-huh. away it was it was a uh, you know God, I think it was only two hours or three hours or something like that, but man, the they had a whole, the production the level of production I feel like for that was mm. far more than I expected. And it just sounded great and just great people to work with, super quick and efficient.
0: And mm. it's a good treat. Nice treat. So yeah, yeah. So I'm here with uh Jonathan Limbury, better known as uh, the bones of J.R. Jones uh as ominous as that may sound (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for joining me oh man thanks for having me I appreciate it yeah it's been a blast (laughs) um i like to kind of start things off by taking a look at uh, a musician's early years as of course you know it shapes who they're going to go on and be um was there a a particular moment for you where it was like this is what I want to do you know I want to be a musician or did you kind of grow up in a, a musical household
1: uh no no and yes um the i i never i never i never really thought i was going to be a musician uh um you know uh intended to be i I should say uh there um uh i in fact there was probably a decade where i stopped playing music Mm -hmm. um altogether (laughs) In my, you know, from 17 to 27 or so, um, when I was in grad school and undergrad and teaching more at the time, and had um, played music in my teenage years and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, 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 I never really thought too seriously of it. Yeah. You know, your typical punk rock bands and hardcore bands and stuff like that. But, you know, just angsty, angry music that a teenager would play. But yeah, it, it, this was sort of, not an accident, but just, I don't know you guys I didn't take it too seriously. And, um, truth be told, I always, it always sort of feels like this could be the last year. You know what I mean? Like not, mm-hmm. not, not that I, not, not that not I have any intention on quitting, but like, you know, you know, like there's always an ebb and flow to it. And some years are a little more difficult than others. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm the only, the only thing that's driving this bus is me at the end of the day. So it's like how, the emotional wear and tear on it i guess it's always like that is a factor and then also just the financial side of stuff like just waiting <laughs> waiting waiting for one bad quarter or one year to go by and you're like okay well i guess i'm bartending again so that's just kind of <laughs> part of the part of the trade unfortunately
0: well no, and to I
1: can't you, so um yeah sorry and then, and then to your second question or the i did grow up in a musical household i grew up in a mm. very musical household my mother was a classically trained pianist, and um, my brothers and I, I have two brothers, and we all uh had to take piano lessons growing up uh for about seven years, Not and too. so yeah, uh, and <laughs> I, I hated it at the time, um, but uh, but I mean, my I hate to say it, my mother was 100% right, you know, like I think I I regret I stopped when I was 13 and i I wish i kept going i still play but i can't you know i would have gone i feel like so much further and like understood better music theory and um you know just had a a rounder uh full view of what music could be i think if i continued at that time
0: Mm. yeah i think growing up everybody has that that first band or musician that they really kind of connect with like it's their band yeah do you have kind of one in particular for you it's like this is the one for me You, oh man
1: um well yes there were i mean there's a couple that come to mind but mm. i and they're going to be cliches you know i guess but uh maybe that's why they're so maybe that's why they're cliches right they're yeah. ubiquitous universal um uh my first cassette tape um, was given to me and it was, uh, born in the USA, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I was born in 82. You know, I think that record came out in 82, honestly. Uh, but I remember my, my dad gave me a cassette tape, I think, uh, when I was about six or seven or something like that. And man, I played the crap out of that thing to the point where, um, you know, the, the, cassette tape would, from too much use, would start stretching and get warbly mm. and, like, you know, you get your pencil in there and you'd roll it back into spot, you know, t- into place. Um, I don't know how old you are, but that's... <laughs> so, it's
0: it, weird. I mean, I'm, for for the record, I'm 30. Okay. So, I was, okay. like, the 90s kid. But yeah, I was yeah. the kid that got the stuff from 10 years prior. So yeah, getting. okay. So, you, you, know, yeah.
1: you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but So, that that... I can tell you like that record, um, especially for me at that time in my life, man, I, I don't know why it resonated with me, (laughs) you know, being, Mm. being, being, a you know, whatever, eight year old, six year old at the time. Um, but that was paramount to me in terms of like me consuming music. Mm. Um, and, uh, I would say beyond that, like another record that I kind of came across was Joshua Tree, um, at that age that man you know like simple guitar riffs simple bass lines you know but like beautiful melodies and a lot of people can hate on YouTube, but but i still think that record's great i think it's a great record they put out and i still still i still revisit both of those things and so i think those two those two records in particular are the ones that, I mm. that kind of pulled me in this direction
0: mm. when i was kind of reading through your uh your bio and all the information the thing that kind of struck me and i'm, I'm sure will surprise a couple of others that, that are kind of getting into you obviously you had your early years starting starting off by playing in punk bands mm-hmm. now of course people would perhaps not associate that genre of music with what you you know with, with the type of stuff you do now was, was that period just kind of like you know, I'm just kind of experimenting with different genres. I'm just playing around seeing what fits.
1: No, no, I think, you know, I, in terms of like that, that era or whatever, Mm. you know, I think I, I don't, I grew up in a rural suburb, kind of like semi suburban area, you know, and there Mm. wasn't much to do. And, um, you get together with your friends in their basements or garage and just make some really loud, horrible music together. And man, it was a blast. I couldn't, I, uh, I don't, I don't think it was experimental as much as it was just community and connecting, Mm. you know? And like, I think, especially at that age, there's a lot of, a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, figuring out how to express things in a healthy way. You know Mm. what I mean? There's, I, I don't know about you and, but I I definitely had like a lot of anger mm. back then, you know, not, not for any, at least I don't think, who knows, <laughs> I guess. but I can't think of a particular reason why I was so angry. I just knew, I just knew that I was, you know, pissed at the world, pissed at mm. my parents, pissed at the authorities, pissed, you know, basically pissed at everybody, you know, and it was definitely like the healthiest way I think that I could have expressed some of that, you know, and, and, it was just it was just it was catharsis you know it was uh and so um i do think when i break down what music meant to me then and what it served me mm. i still feel like it provides me that today i guess you know that catharsis and that that emoting um um for for better or for worse you know um yeah mm. so it's just just a little less loud and hopefully a little more in tune yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah.
0: it, i imagine though you know that that kind of time it just gives you so much experience you know just going out playing to even a group of people whoever they may be yeah
1: i mean there were a lot of bad shows uh we played <laughs> so i mean like i mean you know we there was never like a, a venue like a proper venue there was a local community center mm. that we, we'd rent out and i think we rented out almost every weekend and there always be a different rotation of local bands coming in. Some of them are really great harker bands, which I don't even know how we got them to come up to play, you know, from the city or wherever they might be outside Richmond or New York or Philly. Or, and a lot of, but most of the times it was just local, lo- local teenagers, just like ourselves. And, um, yeah, like having that experience, uh, and all the mishaps and everything that might come along with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like my, my stage craft or whatever you wanna call it was definitely like all all the all the scariness of that kind of subsided after the that those years for sure
0: i think mm. yeah uh I had read that uh you know back in that back in the day that you'd uh listen to to blind lemon Jefferson, yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Of course, you know, he's considered, like, the, the father of Texas blues and is, you know, like, back in, like, the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, was hearing him kind of a, a turning point for you in terms of, like, you know, going more towards this kind of rootsy, uh, <coughs> raw <coughs> style that we kind of associate you with more today? Absolutely. Um, it took me a while
1: to figure out what the connection was. I think, you mm. know... Um, uh, because at the time I, I, like I said, I, 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 stopped playing music for, you know, a significant amount of time. And, um, you know, obviously like still loved and consumed music, um, whichever way I could find it. But, um, I will say, you know, I was, I remember the first time I heard him, I was in a friend's dorm room and, uh, we were working on a project and she put on blind lemon Jefferson and, and, at the time in terms of like blues music mm. you know i was obviously very i was familiar with like stevie Ray Vaughan and a lot of those those le- those like later generation generational players and not knocking them at all because you know, obviously steve Ray Vaughan is mm. you know god just an incredible blues blues musician but what i think what captured me about that line jefferson was was that kind of rawness and ugliness mm and um, yeah man I, I just related to me I don't know I, I it just kind of drew me back in and uh, I had never heard anything like it and it wasn't about playing the instrument well it wasn't about having mm. it wasn't about any of that it was about just expression and maybe that's why I get I got from like that those punk rock years to the blues you know mm-hmm. into like the folkier side of stuff because at the end of the day the message is kind of the same it's just about letting out what's inside and not trying to make it sound too pretty. It's just about, you know, singing the blues, I guess. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I find your work, you know, even though it has this kind of overarching feel overall, you're, you know, you have lots of kind of different flavors in there, you know, in some yeah. songs it has a bit more of kind of an indie feel like, um, uh, the, the good life. Off, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The latest album. Yeah. Um, whereas some of stuff is the- a bit more bluesy, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, do do you kind of like to have this kind of freedom where you're not going to kind of go, well, I'm just, I don't know, a, a blues musician. I'm just a, a rock guy or whatever. Do you like that kind of freedom?
1: Yes. And this is, and I can only speak for myself in, mm. in this, but I, but I, but what I do believe, especially because I come from, um, sort of like a visual arts background in terms of my studies or whatever you want to call it. You know, I view music and, and as like my job as a musician, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, 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 it would be silly of me to be like, this is the genre I play. This is, this is, this is, sorry guys. These are, these are the walls that I have for myself. (laughs) This is, you know, like, and like, I feel like, the the whole spectrum of human emotion is so vast and there's so many tools and so many sonic qualities and soundscapes out there that that should be utilized. Um and I and I just I I I think it's a hindrance to somebody to say like, I'm sorry, that's just out of my genre. Mm. And so like I do and then even the music I listen to is very is pretty broad, you know, in terms of everything I listen to. And so all that is input. All that is sort of like things I'm pulling from subconsciously or, or consciously. I'm um, trying to enter it into and kind of kind of interwe- interweaving it into my own expression, I guess. So like slow lightning for, for sure. There's very little blues on that record mm-hmm. at all, you know? Um, but I definitely don't think I could have gotten there without, you know, writing more bluesy stuff earlier, you know, a decade ago, or whenever it was. So
0: Mm. was that kind of a a conscious thing or is it, are you just kind of feeling, you know, this is the right direction for me? I think
1: it's the latter, you know, I, I I can't speak to where I'm going. um, But, you know, it just felt right. And it felt like if I, if I, if it would be ingenuine of me to, to myself and to, I think the listener to be like, to feel to be to to be beholden to prior records you know yeah yeah. um so yeah definitely just just feeling it out as i (laughs) move along in a dark room Mm.
0: i mean obviously we spoke about a bit of a a kind of a a shift in 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 tone slightly um Mm -hmm. did you look to approach slow lightning different obviously it's slightly different feel did you think you know, like, like, uh, try something new or.
1: Yeah. Know. Well, I think, I think what I'm, I think in that sense I did make a conscious choice to be, to put myself in, in uncomfortable positions. Mm. Um, I mainly write on the guitar. Um, but I kind of forced myself, especially the good life for instance, mm. um, kind of forced myself to write that on the synth. You know, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to try to, um, uh, Give myself, basically, force myself a d- down a different road, um, and so that, since it was totally conscious, a lot of those choices, um, and and just 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 force myself to do
0: something new. Yeah. Mm. Um, I read that you know the theme of of the of the of the record is you know this this power that you can't control. Um, when you were writing, yeah. when you were writing the album was there kind of a particular inspiration a a a bit of a thought process behind that
1: no no and in fact um i would say it took a long time for me to figure out what the record was about i guess Mm. um and so i had a lot of these songs that took me a very long time to write more longer than usual i'd say um and i didn't have you know writing them and listening back to them, the demos i didn't find any like any like true theme through them all and i was trying to find what it was about and as i kind of paced it back together i felt like um in in the sequencing when the record was done you know basically i I think i kind of pieced together what the record was about what i was trying to say and so uh, it's funny how like sometimes it just doesn't make sense until you try to you put things in order and you're like, oh, well, shit. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm after, I guess.
0: But um,
1: I was just too close. I think I was too close to everything to see what it was about.
0: Mm. Do, yeah. you, do you think, I mean, I had read that you, you, of course, used to live in uh, New York, wasn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think your approach or style has kind of changed with the environment that you've kind of moved in? I mean, you, I think you spoke about it at some point it was quite an intense Process at one point when you were writing? Yeah.
1: It. Well, you know, I think uh, it's tough to say because so much was changing in the world at that time. You know, mm. and obviously, we were all, it was during the bulk of it, the writing was done in 2021 and we were still kind of coming out of the pandemic and whatever it might be, and, or falling back into it, or whatever the hell you want to think of it, you know, and like it was very tough to detach that from the writing process. And this is a no by any measurement uh, pandemic record because it's mm. not what this is. But, you know, I, I think you couldn't, in terms of just climate and mentality, I don't think you can separate the two, you know, whether mm. you want to or not, it's just where the record was written. Um, so in that sense, it was very intense uh, just because, you know, I, I had moved to a new spot, uh and was still trying to figure it out and all these other things and um just just searching a lot I think and I I think this I think this record is very much that for me. It's like whether it's transitioning to something or searching for something. Um yeah that that was that's that's what it was. So
0: um of course the the opening track and the the latest single Animals. Um Could you talk a bit about that song, and kind of uh, how it came about, the meaning behind it? I mean, it's one of my personal favorites of the. Yeah, song.
1: well, thank you. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's one of my wife's too. Uh, in fact, <laughs> it was it was it was it was it was there was some debate whether it was going to be on the record. To tell you the truth, really, um, yeah. Um, but uh, long and short of it was that I I actually wrote that one. That was one of the ones that I was lucky enough to write. Um, I can even tell you it was like August, uh, of 20, it was 2022 or 20, it doesn't matter. But I remember sitting outside in the porch and writing it and it just felt good. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, it was a very, like a lot of the rec- a lot of the songs felt a little heavier to me when I was writing them, but this one was the rare, luckily the rare instance where it kind of was written in a day. And I could tell you, I could, you know, it, it had its, it dictated the mood, it dictated the world that I wanted to live in. Um, so, I mean, it was a joy to write, uh, for that, for that purpose. Um, and you know, and what it's about is for me, it's nothing too serious, you know, but it, it's, it's about, it's, it's kind of like about going out and like, just kind of like letting letting not the worst parts of of you out there but like the more like mm. primitive side of you out there and being okay with it and whatever happens may happen and you kind of you know whatever comes down the line you'll figure it out and, and 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 you know you get up and do do it again the next day
0: i guess mm. yeah. yeah i think i think is there's something in that simplicity for me you know it's it's And it's so feel good, like the way it kicks off. Of course, you know, it gets the the album gets a bit darker as it goes through, but yeah, um, there's something about that that opening track. Um, Another one that kind of struck me was uh, the flood. Yeah, of course, that's That's kind of uh, yeah. That (laughs) that
1: that that honestly was probably my favorite track on the record. Mm. Um, Just in terms, just in terms of the way it actually came out. Um, cause you know, when I, when I demo these things and I arrange them and I do what I can to kind of replicate how I want it to sound in the studio, um, it's rare that they actually kind of fulfill your, where you want them, where they, you know, how you envision them to, to, to their finishing product, the finished product of them. And that, I think on the record, that's probably the closest I got. Um, and so I am particularly proud of that. That one, just because I felt the, I was able to articulate as closely as I wanted to um, what I envisioned the uh, when I wrote it.
0: So mm. yeah, we we touched on it a bit at the beginning. Obviously, you know, you are the bones of Jr. Jones. Mm. Um, do do you feel that kind of, you know, obviously the writing's on you, the every everything's kind of on you. Do, you know is is you know going in the studio i mean i believe you <clears throat> are you are you completely independent at this point uh like, well um, independent
1: i mean independent in the sense that i don't have a record label but yeah. um uh for sure you know i have but i but beyond that you know obviously I, i've i have a great team that helps mm. me you know great manager great yeah. people i work with for distribution and licensing and stuff like that but in terms of the creative process You know, um, this record, the slow lightning and a celebration, um, I worked with a very good buddy of mine, uh, Kiyoshi, um, who, who in many ways has been like a a sounding board for me. So, Mm. you know, our, it's not, this isn't, you know, this isn't our exact mode of operation, but generally speaking, you know, I, I, I write, I arrange, I demo, Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might be, and I will write sort of um, a manifesto. I don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a a prompt, whatever you want to call it, and um, about what I think, what I'm trying to say. And um, he's a very good friend of mine and an incredible musician. And so we take those little nuggets, and um, he helps me articulate them in a way that I think that... You know, it's it's just like putting. It, I don't know how to how to describe it. He he is he's he's a very talented musician, and I feel like he has a a better grasp of musical theory sometimes than I do. And mm. so uh, when I and he <laughs> and so when I work with him, uh, he he just has ability to help me translate that into something that gets it to that next level, I think. Mm. Um, and beyond him, you know, I, I already mentioned my wife, my wife, um, uh, isn't, isn't musically inclined in the sense that she plays, um, uh, an instrument or can sing very well, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, you know, she just has an incredible ear. You know, I, I, I write songs pretty constantly and a lot of them are crap. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and she she helps me weed through the the, the the trash, I guess, and find the nuggets that I feel like can be developed into something that's worth listening to
0: at the end of the day. Mm, I, I mean, I was going to go yeah. on to say there, you know, it's, I think, I mean, may, maybe it's, you know, it must be good to just have somebody to have something to bounce off of.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, know, I like. think I think creating art is like... and. Treating it in a in a silo, so to speak, is is mm. could be a beautiful thing, but I feel like you might be doomed to repeat yourself. Mm. You know, what I mean, you might you know you're 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 just kind of in this echo chamber. So I think, um, yeah, having a creative outlet and just having a sounding board or bouncing ideas off, and um, you know, and I think and I think it takes a lot of self self being self aware uh, to know the limitations of that and knowing. like i i know what i want at the end of the day and Mm. i know where i want to end up and it takes it takes a lot of work and a lot of arguments and a lot of heated discussions with with people i trust to get there i think Mm. um even if i don't use their ideas or whatever it might be you know i think i think all that conversation lends itself to a better product
0: Mm. (laughs) So Mm. yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh a question was that to to finish on that I ask everybody that comes on um it's a bit of a hypothetical one uh if you could tour with one band or musician from the past and one from the present who would they be
1: do where are we assuming sorry I'm gonna I, no, uh, go for I, there's, it. There's, there's there's a couple baseline uh uh questions that go along with this for me do we are we expected when you say tour them are they are we expecting them to be nice people or are we it's more about just being around them as as a creative force you know what i mean um, uh,
0: i think i think like you know like you've got the keys to the car so you can say yeah, yeah you know like oh wouldn't it be cool to i don't know like play with such and such a person oh yeah like okay. experience this or even just like see what, how this person thinks and works. I mean, that'd be,
1: well, I think, I think Tom waits for me, uh, is very much at the top of that list for me. Um, I just think he's an incredible artist and everything Mm -hmm. that he does. I'm, you know, just the world that he creates. And, um, and, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, (laughs) god you know he's still alive he doesn't tour anymore unfortunately god i wish he did i've never seen him play um but that whether that's past tom waits or current tom waits doesn't make a difference to me you know i just think um i'm a bigger fan of his later work Mm. um but um man he he has just done his 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 catalog is just unreal to me um as far as like someone from the past like truly in the past um I would say, and I say this more so because of the world that they were touring in, and I'm so mm. curious about how music was listened to back then. With somebody like Howlin' Wolf, mm. or um, um, yeah, along those lines, because man, I I feel like, and I'm probably I, it's easy to romanticize eras and time, er, eras in music, but. Um, you know, you go back and you read about it and you watch, you watch the live performances you can find on YouTube or whatever it might be. And it just felt like a different, it just felt like people really consume music in a different way. Um, In terms of the enjoyment factor, you know, like Mm -hmm. you would go out, you would, the clubs, the clubs were more relaxed and it was really was about just going out to see a show and, and um, you know, you weren't paying $300 for a ticket or anything like that. You know, it was just about, (laughs) about the music um so i think any and so i say howlin wolf just in, as an example but any any like bluesman from that era i would love to be be on the circuit with and just just not even not even be forced
0: not even to play with him but just to be in the room with him you know would be, it mm. would be a treat yeah i mean it, it, strangely i did i did speak with a guy that that did um support Howland Wolf as a kid. No kidding. <laughs> no
1: kidding. You know, it's weirdly. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. He was he's a guy called Jim Cregan. He um played with Rod Stewart for a long, long time. But uh um, really? yeah, but he he was describing that era. I mean what you what you were talking about there. And it's it feels like the whole landscape is just different. You know, it's yeah like like apparently he was howling wolf apparently he was just like this real kind of regular guy and he was just like you know just go up there and enjoy yourself and stuff and it's like yeah you know this free thing but i know what you mean it's it's more of a it felt like well i imagine it would have felt like more of an event you know like like, i don't know going out to the theater or something you know it's kind of like a it's a thing i also think
1: and obviously, we have a lot of modern conveniences that have come over the years, but I think mm. part of part of what I'm what we're talking about, perhaps, is the idea that like this was the event, you know. What I mean, like yeah. I couldn't go; you couldn't go to YouTube and catch the catch these shows, or you know, mm. sign on and stream it. it. Like this, like this is like they who knows when they're coming back? Who knows if the show's ever going to come mm. back through here? Like you better get to the show, and you better enjoy yourself, type thing. You know what I mean? And um, it was just, I think just just it just made it that extra bit special
0: so Mm. yeah is that is that something kind of that you like doing you know playing live because it's it's i think that's one of the the magical things about about live music still you know it it, it won't be exactly the same every night you know and and you can kind of take that away with you you know it's
1: yeah i think as someone who goes goes to shows absolutely Mm. um as a you know, as a touring musician, I love what I do, and I recognize how fortunate I am that I get to do this for this moment in time. You know, how, mm. however long it can last. You know, at the end of the day, um, some days are harder than others, and it's sometimes it's tougher to get on stage and give give a hundred and ten percent when you don't have a hundred and ten percent to give. Mm. Um, so it's tough to have that perspective after the fact to step off stage and be like, that was, we, we did something great there. That was something special. You know, that was a one of a kind experience because sometimes, you know, you, your head's just not in that right, in the right mindset. It's tough. It's tough to, tough to, um, get beyond just the physical exhaustion that might be sitting in on you. You know what I mean? So.
0: Mm. It's interesting yeah. hearing that. Cause you know, you hear, like I've seen it happen as well. Like uh, you get a fan that will come up to, to, to a musician and go, Oh, that was a brilliant night or whatever. And they're like, Oh, thank you. And then they walk away and they, they're like the musician. They're like, Oh, I thought I was bloody awful. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> it just didn't well, happen I, for me. Well, <laughs> personally, I, and again, this is me just being me perhaps, but like you, you would hope that mm. 80, 80 to 90% of the time the artist feels that way because Personally, I, I don't ever want to be satisfied with what I do. I don't like, oh God, you get complacent, you get lazy, you get, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I want to be angry at myself and I want to be like, I can do better next time and all these other things. As long as it doesn't, you know, as long as you recognize that it's, that it's, it's just that it was just that moment, you know what I mean? And it doesn't yeah. hopefully weigh on you, you know, to the next show, you know, every show is had a chance to do something better and hopefully engage with the audience more and, and I realize I'm contradicting myself a little bit with what I was saying be- before, but it's a complicated feeling, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like some nights, some nights I want to give it all and I want to be there for everybody. And, other, and, and I can, and I can be that performer, that artist, that musician. And other nights, like I just, there's, you just can't, you know, like you can't. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? well, so that's what makes you human, isn't you it? it you yeah,
1: know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think, you know, I, th- I think the... A common thing I end up saying quite quite a bit here. I, I feel that, you know, the, the beauty is in the imperfections, though. Absolutely. You know, I, th- I think nowadays you, well, for a while, at least anyway, there was this kind of striving for pure perfection. And then it kind of went a bit robotic for a while. Like it was so perfect, like maybe the production yeah. or something, that it didn't sound real anymore. So, yeah. I think, you know, if a musician makes a mistake, I mean, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, it's never easy to accept that as a musician, but, uh, it is, it is something special. And as long as you don't let it like Mm. ruin the show, you know what I mean? I, and I'm not going to name names here, but I remember, um, seeing a musician years ago. Mm. Uh, at, at Irving Plaza and I was really excited to see him and he was he was—he was a British musician and he was touring here in the States and he had obviously, generally he was a solo musician but he brought a band out and throughout the show there were a couple flubs and accidents or whatever you might want to have, you know, but again like it didn't ruin a night for anybody in the audience but mm. there was a point in the show when he stopped the music to berate the band. Wow. And it just like, it just, like you said, like, you know, it, it, it those imperfections, it's, it's tough to get beyond them as a performer, but like, like mm. you can't call them out. You can't, you can't like, don't, <laughs> don't yell at your bandmates on stage because of some, some silly accident, you know, like you move on, you laugh about it. You're creating, like, it's all about the, it's all, it's all about that night. You know what I mean? So yeah, I remember taking that in and like, man, I will never do that whatever worst case scenario you know like just the guitar could catch on fire drums could fall apart you know like just finish the song and move on you know what I mean like yeah you're all there to to share that share that moment
0: and and who knows what you can come out of it with so yeah well this is it Um, yeah yeah well thank you very much for joining me anyway and um, it was
1: great to chat with you Ryan thank you man I appreciate you
0: yeah and it's been cool. Um, of course, for those that that want to catch uh, the latest album, Slow Lightning, uh, you can uh, via the links in the description below. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're big on vinyl here, so I, I believe it's on vinyl, isn't it? Yeah,
1: of course it's on vinyl. Yes, it is. Um, uh, so I have it up on my site, of course. Mm. But if you're ordering from the UK or uh, you're any place in overseas. I am in the process of setting up a European distribution center, which mm-hmm. will hopefully help, help with all the shipping costs. So that should be up and the vinyl will be there in about four to six weeks or so. Um, but it, if you're feeling feeling rich and you want to ship it overseas, you can do that on my <laughs> site too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course. I mean, by the time this comes out, it might be there and available. So it's all- I hope so. Out. We'll
1: cross our fingers. We'll cross yeah. our fingers <laughs> for that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you very much, John.